everyone, and welcome to episode 245 of the Pixels Name Podcast, brought to you by Comics Gaming Magazine. I am your host, Cody Orm, and joining me today is our movie expert, Phil Brown. Well, hello. And our editor-in-chief, Brennan Fry. Hello there, Cody. I'm doing pretty good. You know why I'm doing good? I actually didn't ask how you're doing, but yeah, great. (laughs) Well, (laughs) doesn't matter, because I'm doing good. Sweet. Because Phil... Yes. Phil called it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so shortly we sh- we after... We should preface this is still rumor at yeah. time of recording. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And that's why I said kind of. Mm-hmm. But we should probably say. Still rumor. But this is how I like to assume it happened. Shortly after our podcast, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto uh, and Reggie all sat down. And they listened to it, obviously. Because well, they do. we clearly have an on- the ear of Nintendo. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, like obviously. every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and during the last podcast, they surely heard Phil say, you know, I would love to see a SNES Classic Edition, and I would buy it. Mm-hmm. And well, clearly, Cody. That with is that, why. they started working on Now, okay, rumor, they might not have, <laughs> but <laughs> rumor has it that uh, they are working on it. And uh, that got me thinking. What's your favorite SNES game of all time? Mm. That one's hard. I mean, if it goes down to like hours played, it goes. I mean, it's Super Mario World that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a big game. So. So. And with followed, followed immediately by Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, okay. yeah, yep, Donkey Kong Country, um, and then NBA Jam. Ooh, NBA Jam's a good yeah, one. One of the yeah. two. Yeah, these are then NBA Jam. I would love to see in the classic console. Uh, the classic console, giving all the likeness rights that would be involved. Yeah, pretty well guaranteed it's, it's, it won't happen. It would be hard, especially shame. like it would be cool to see though. Because can you play as like you can play as Bill Clinton? Yeah, you can play as Bill Clinton. Um, you can play as Will Smith or yeah. DJ Jazzy Jeff or any of the Beastie Boys or who else was on it? Could you play as a Slim Jim guy? No, that was a different game. Yeah, it was that was Dave Mara's Pro BMX on yeah, the PS One. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was a, that, those are those are some good games. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty good choices, I have to say. Mm-hmm. For me. Obviously, Donkey Kong Country is one of my favorite mm-hmm. games of all time. Got to sure. put that on there. Um, ooh, it's hard because I made a list, mm-hmm. and okay, it's, you Cody. can check it out on cgmagonline.com. Mm-hmm. And did. I didn't. It's not about my favorite games; it's the ones that I think should be on there. Um, yeah, it's hard. Uh, I mean, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs is a good one. That is a great one. That's a really good one. Mega Man X. Oh, Mega Man X. Yeah. yeah. Um, I purposefully uh, didn't include in this list. Uh, but I mean, we're just talking about our favorite game. So I mean, Legends Zelda: Link to the Past, yeah. Super Metroid Two, that was another good one. Mario Kart, yeah, yeah. F Zero, yes. Super Nintendo was awesome. It was really good. It was it's really good. Baller console, yeah. The problem there's so many like licensed games for it that I love that I just know will never be on there. Like the Batman Returns yeah. game, I think is amazing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles Teenage in Time, Turtles in Time is one of the best. Um, also, the Batman animated series one was really good. That one was good, but I will say I think the Genesis one was better. We've had this debate before. One day you'll admit you're wrong. <laughs> I recognize it's not going to be today. He really should. Mm-hmm. Though, yes. Absolutely, yeah. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> And um, and what what other what were the other licensed ones I really like? Um, oh, Aladdin. Lion oh yeah, King. Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. Aladdin yeah. and Vikings were fantastic. Those were fantastic. Yeah, and it's just a shame that those they won't see the light of day. I would love. I, I'm sure like it's impossible that they would do this, but with this being like a top down console, if they included a slot for it would be cool. Since the vintage market's so big, thing is, I don't think they're going to do that because if much like the NES Classic. Mm. 
if they really want to make this thing cheap, mm. make this thing basically a Raspberry Pi in a yeah, box, yeah, 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 yeah. what they're going to do is it's a, it's a system on a chip. These things have existed for a long time. Yeah. Nintendo is just making a way that people love this stuff, mm-hmm. making it in a way that really speaks to the uh, classic game collectors. For sure. Oh, for sure. Now, I, I, I mean, I know that obviously Nintendo does not look to Sega to lead the way in anything <laughs> but there is a and has been for a while a miniature sega and yeah, it does have a slot for does it really yes. isn't that only in south america i mean i don't know i, I don't think so <laughs> sega actually well it wasn't sega there's was, sega licensed it out i think though they like endorsed it um there actually is around the same time the nes classic came out there mm. was a sega version that came out that had mm. the top loader mm-hmm. and it had some stuff um, on there as well mm. but i mean then you lose out on potential money if you want to re-release another version but then, I mean, why fair, wouldn't Nintendo just make another NES classic? Because, if I mean, if you're looking at it, how Nintendo's market, how it kind of does its marketing, it makes sense to do these things. Mm. It builds hype for the virtual console. Mm. It builds hype for the Nintendo brand. Yeah. And it costs them next to nothing to make these things. They probably cost them about $10, 15 for Yeah, they're the only paying for, like, the plastic, exactly. essentially. They're, yeah. not, mm. they're not paying for the licenses. They're not paying for... Uh, any of the software is as bare bones as it can physically be. Mm. Ooh, Harvest Moon. Yeah. That's mm. another one. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically an, em, it's an emulated collection using yeah. basic straight-up ROMs. Yeah. Mm. They have, as um, I'm sure we just talked about a while ago, mm. the NES Classic was broken wide open, and people could just load on different ROMs in there. And mm-hmm. it, it fits like another 20 ROMs mm. before it, <laughs> it runs yeah. out of space. Yeah, totally. So it totally just runs ROMs. Yeah. Now, the thing is, though, Will people want to buy the SNES Classic as much as they wanted to buy the NES Classic? No, I don't think they will. But to be fair, the amount of people that wanted the NES Classic well exceeded the amount Nintendo wanted to sell. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I'm not sure because, like, yes, the uh, NES is more iconic, it, certainly. But there's but, a lot of people that love the SNES. Well, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. And people and like Nintendo, I think part of the reason why the NES is is so iconic yeah. is Nintendo has been repackaging yeah. NES games exactly since the SNES. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Super Nintendo stuff, like they didn't even put it on the 3DS until no. they released the second version of the 3DS. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's entirely possible. I don't know. I'm very curious to see. I just thought of a couple more. Okay. Um, since we're doing this, yeah, uh, yeah. Super Punch Out. Oh. Ooh, yeah, yeah, so good. Um, Mortal Kombat Two mm-hmm. and Street Fighter Two, mm-hmm. and um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then talking about the licensed stuff, uh, the Super Star Wars trilogy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, those were good. Those are hard. Really hard. Yeah. The second one is Empire special. Strikes Back. Yeah, those on PS4. No, they did put them out on the um, Nintendo the eShop. But they did put back them in out the Wii Day. PlayStation, I believe. Oh, did they? They did. Oh, I know. And they weren't expensive. I think yeah. they were like five dollars. Yeah, totally. They were really cheap. Yeah. And I think the full collection was like 15 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really <laughs> quite affordable. Yeah, yeah. So since they've licensed those before, those might be tossed on there. Final Fight. That's another knows? good one. Oh, yeah. Final, well, I, Final I Fight haven't, was good. Cody, to be fair, mm. I haven't said my choice. Oh, it's true. You haven't said any. It's true. What are That's your choices? What are your choices? I'm going to go with the only games I really played in the system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Castlevania. Oh, okay. yes, of course. Um, yeah. Um... Killer Instinct. I know that's oh, never. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's not going to yeah. happen because Microsoft now owns that property. That's too bad because that, particularly the Super Nintendo yeah. port of Killer Instinct, was, was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, then I really loved Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. I know there was better versions out there. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's going to be a version of that on the Switch right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, mm-hmm. that was the first time I really got to play uh, Super Street Fighter. Yeah. Oh, was it Super Street Fighter? Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I think it was Might called. Turbo. Yeah. There's so many versions. But I know, yeah. That was the first time I ever actually got to play that game. Mm-hmm. 
and that's when I first fell in love with that franchise. Yeah. So. Oh, same here. Yeah. Same here. And when I and I still think of those button layouts exactly, when yeah. I do it. Um, one more I just thought of: uh, mm-hmm. Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that actually on the list. One. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I didn't know that was LucasArts. Yeah. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna double check that now, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 I haven't played that since I then, mean, but that was both God, that was so fun. The SNES and the NES mm-hmm. were iconic systems, but just slightly different generations. Mm. NES was early 80s, mm. Super Nintendo was the early 90s, and it mm. depends when you grew up and what I, your parents put money into. Yeah, now, true. here's the thing. I owned a, a SNES and a Genesis, okay. mm-hmm. and I also had an NES. You were clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, That's mm-hmm. fine. We'll accept your wrongness. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You are wrong, sir. I disagree. I had a Genesis and a 32X. Oh. Ooh. That means you're the cool one. That's right. If you didn't have the 32X, basically, what are you I doing? The 32X always makes me laugh because the sound processor just makes everything sound like someone making fart noises with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the, I, I, but, no, the with a... I just feel like when you look back at the video game landscape, the NES was the only thing around. Like, when the mm-hmm. NES was around, it was, oh, you're going to go play Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time the the Super NES rolled around, there were other options. So all yeah. the now Nintendo did manage to like come back well, around I mean, and let's, take let's that back. Cody. But like the when the NES came out, it did have competitors. Oh no, it's I know just that. Just the fact that it came out at the end, the tail end of the video game boom, mm-hmm. where like the SNES came out after people had already kind of accepted video games as a thing in their lives. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's it, it, first, when it first came in, it was hard for stores to sell that thing. Yeah. Because Atari existed and all those other systems of the early 80s existed, and they kind of put this bad taste in people's mouths, especially after the E.T. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which honestly isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of generic. No, it's it's bad. Mm-hmm. Eh, I've, heard, I've had worse games. It's just kind of just there. It, it wasn't as bad as everyone expected. Just people were expecting the moon from the game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but the point is, I don't think they're just different eras. They're different eras. The different people kind of exp- experienced them, and Nintendo just was in the right place, at the right time, and they came out with a system like seal of quality. Is what Atari never did. And yeah. That's what they needed well, to here's do. the thing with when when you talk about there, there was competition. Yeah, but at that point, Atari was pretty much out of it. Uh, Coleco was pretty much out of it. They were more into PCs at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. In television, I don't think in television was doing anything at that point either. I don't think so. You just had Atari. You, you had Atari, you, the what was the? Um, you had the fifty two hundred, and then they made the Lynx would have been about no. The fifty two hundred was the one that they. Uh, one second. I believe the Lynx would have been about the same time as the SNES. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought we were talking about the uh, NES right no, now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm moving over. To the SNES and how like all these oh. companies kind of kept moving forward. Yeah. It's just yeah. Nintendo with the NES or however you use NES, however yeah. it, everyone says it differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with that system, they really kind of cemented themselves as the game system. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had like a ninety-seven percent market share yeah. at that point. And then you came up with all these other companies existed, and if NES never existed, they wouldn't. Have necessarily the, the market would not have been there for games in the first place mm, but exactly. because the NES was so popular mm. it was a juggernaut you couldn't beat and yeah. that's kind of where we are right now where Microsoft and the Wii U before this were trying to cut into Sony's market share yeah 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 and, I, and I'm going to throw it out there that much like the um, 
mess. Sony's PS4 had this weird um, breakout hit, even that Sony didn't expect it to have. And mm. that same with the NES. I, don't I think would say Nintendo didn't expect the NES to have the hit status. It did. Mm. They knew it was big in Japan. They thought in North America it might do okay, so mm. they kind of farmed it out, got them to do what they needed to do. Mm. But they didn't put the money and funding into it. They didn't think it would work. Yeah, mm. I mean, same thing with the Genesis as well. Yeah. Um, I think if you're going to look at Sony, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't put the PS4 at the same spot as the uh, NES. I'd say the PS2. Yeah. Uh, when you look at like a console that just captivated a generation. Now, maybe the PS4 in a few years from now, it'll, we'll look at it with the same kind of fondness. But mm. um, when you say... Uh, when you say that they um, that they're trying to cut into Sony, Microsoft did. Well, Microsoft. It, it, here's the thing. Last they, generation was the Xbox 360's generation. And here's the thing: it's any time a company gets, we're way off topic. Way off topic. Yeah, so whatever. Let's, let's play this out. <laughs> Anytime a company gets too basically high on themselves and too above what they think the consumers want. They, they start dictating what consumers want. Yeah. Is their downfall. Sony did it with the PS3. They were riding high with the PS1. They were riding high with the PS2. PS2, one of the top-selling consoles ever. Yep. But then they came out with the PS3 and the, that famous statement, well, they'll just get a second job to afford the system. That was an ignorance to what people wanted in the market. Yep. Microsoft did the same thing. They came out with the PS... The, um, they had a very similar statement as well. Yeah, oh, did. yeah, if you don't want... oh. We have a console that's yeah. not always online, yeah. the Xbox 360. And that's Ooh. the thing. The 360 was a juggernaut in the space. Everyone mm. had one. If yep. you didn't have one, you probably had three because one broke at one mm. point. And Microsoft came out with the Xbox One. And oh, it wasn't a bad system, but because of the way they marketed it and the way they kind of talked about it, people now are still talking about how there's this, you can't, like, two people can't download the same game. There's still that concept yep. that you need that always online. Even though it's not true, they got to people and that's all they remembered yep uh i think that, microsoft's oh sorry go on no, basically with that microsoft screwed them over of being the top console of generation like yeah microsoft's it's the xbox fate. one is technically a really nice system they yeah, did a right. really good job with it the xbox microsoft uh sealed their fate with that e3 conference yeah, and then uh sony put the nail in the coffin with that one commercial how to share a game with a ps4 and they just passed it over Thank you. Like that. Mm. After that, the whole crowd went insane. Everyone wanted a PS4. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was... Now, with that being said, yeah, okay. we will take a look. I, I, know we, I don't know how we got here, but whatever. The yes and the yes classic. <laughs> with, with that being said, if you look at um, like the ebb and flow of a console generation, yeah. especially one that's um, probably going to last a little bit longer because that's how Microsoft and, uh, and, to be fair, and Sony I'm wanted okay to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be spending like four or $500 well, every five years. This is my thing to it. I'm okay with the generation as it's going right now. Yeah. Where you have a PS4 Pro if you really want to push like push that quality. But if you want to have a PS4, it still plays the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like PCs, you're playing it a slightly like how PC market works now. You could have a PC from three, four years ago. It still plays the modern games. You just might not be able to play it on the biggest new monitor you have. You might not play it with all the details cranked up. Yeah. But you can still play the games. And I think that's moving forward what we need in the space. It doesn't cut people out of the market. It still pe- lets people, a system they bought five years ago can still play the modern games. Mm-hmm. But if you have the money, you can get them a slightly better experience. Yeah, no, and totally. I think that's, it's a look consumer in the way that 
they're not just someone that's going to be willing to dump money out of dumping money. Mm-hmm. Well, it also takes part some of that stigma where it makes you think that the you know, the console generation is less than because you're going to be playing on hardware that's five years old already. Mm-hmm. But um, what I was saying before was if you look at the ebb and flow of a console generation, you know, Microsoft started out that generation on top. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Nintendo mm-hmm. started that generation on top and they didn't let go. But yeah. um, Microsoft was on top. By the end of the ge- by the end, mm. uh, when when PS4 Xbox One was launching, mm. Microsoft and Sony were neck and neck. Yeah, pretty much. And now it's Sony that's back on top. Mm. And with Microsoft looking to, you know, push forward with the Scorpio, mm. with the amount of power that's behind it, mm. um, and some of the, it was the first console that allowed for cross-platform mm. compatibility. That's that's huge. Mm. Um, they might be able to build up some goodwill. Uh, they just need a couple of those killer hits. I don't think, I don't That's think Halo's going to be. Comes down to, is it all comes down to software? Yeah. And like if their systems that out overpowering relative to anything else, all they're going to get are the Sony exclusive. Uh, sorry, the Microsoft exclusive titles for it. Yeah. And you know those weren't enough to ship the Xbox One. Yeah. Well, when you look at it, they yeah. weren't enough uh, to ship the original Xbox. Like yeah. Halo was huge. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. But the first Halo was also on PC. Yeah. Um, and that's the same now, mm-hmm. where most of those games you can get on PC, and that's the hardest sell you can have for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, well, if I have a PC, why would I get an Xbox One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, I mean, there is a benefit to having an Xbox One. You know, mm-hmm. like, sometimes... I don't know about you. I mm-hmm. take my consoles to my friend's house sometimes. Yeah. Um, not going to take my whole PC. That's, no. that's, that's too heavy, too clunky cumbersome you're going to be bringing monitors and stuff with you yeah too. yeah exactly uh whereas you you want to pop in an xbox one you want to have a LAN party it's a lot easier to mm. do um it, it's more convenient um i know i'm not going to have to upgrade my xbox one internally for a while mm. uh there's there's a lot of reasons why the xbox one works and there's a lot of reasons why being able to play those games on pc works as well yep. it mm. took me a while to kind of learn that mm-hmm. um but it's it's yeah you're right Brendan Microsoft does have uh, a pretty decent console there and I, I do think the Scorpio could be their ace in the hole as it were. Well, I'm I'm gonna throw it out here for people moving over from the 360, the Xbox One is now more valuable than ever. They've oh yeah. Made the backwards compatibility the backwards compatibility list really strong. Um, it's free with the console. You just get backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Sony has went with the um streaming solution route where you can play your PS3 games but it has to be through the streaming solution you pay per month per game type thing yeah and I think that's falling on Sony's part if they want to get the market of people that already had PS3s and want to move over you find a way to make that work you know I was watching I want to say it was the game over thinker I could be wrong but I'm going to attribute it to him Uh, this was a few years back uh it was around the time the PS4 was going to launch, and you found out that there wasn't going to be any backwards compatibility. Mm. Sony, at this point in time in the industry, has just as much clout as Nintendo. It's a, a classic uh, console maker with roots in the industry. Mm. They're, they're, they're going on 20-plus years doing this. Why are they so afraid to show their like roots is it because of money because if they really wanted money i can guarantee you there are people like me out there who would buy an uh would pay a little bit extra for a ps4 version that has backwards compatibility with the ps3 yeah it's really or if they really wanted to push it could you imagine like a six or seven hundred dollar console limited run that does 
PS3 and PS2, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, it's not it, – it'd be a lot more money, <clears throat> mm. uh, but I, there are people that would pay for that. Of course, but the thing is, like, then if they allow, allow for backwards compatibility, then all the games are being bought through the secondary market yeah. and used marketplace, whereas if they leave it to streaming only, then they have – Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I understand – Yeah. Like, I understand both methods. Yeah. Microsoft's method is – we need people that are not bought onto our platform to feel that they walk in, they have a library. Yeah, yeah. Sony's method is we already have 40-some million install base, close to yeah. 50 million install base. We don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're different marketplaces. And the fact is a company that's the underdog is going more willing to take risks. Yeah. A company that's on top is more willing to try to exploit his audience. It's yeah. just nature. It's Microsoft, just did the same, Microsoft did the same thing when they controlled the 360. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact we're used to Sony being in that underdog position. Yeah. We're not used to Microsoft being in that underdog position. Totally. Yeah. Microsoft is usually the one that has enough money that they can buy their position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are now in an underdog position, and I think that's leading them to make innovations in ways that if they were the top console, we wouldn't have seen. Yeah. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. So in conclusion, uh, we love the Super Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, big fan of those games. Yeah. Um, and I'll just touch on one other news story because okay. I feel like we have to. Um it's always sucks to kind of hear this and you know it sucks to report on it but our writer tyler jones did a pretty good job doing a little bit of a write-up uh more more problems with crytek um crytek shanghai has uh closed its doors a lot of very talented developers that work there i mean and uh the worst part of all um you know a lot of them are reporting that they haven't been paid in months here's the thing with crytek they were a company that jumped early on to the bandwagon of vr Mm-hmm. They were the ones that believing VR will be the one carrying them forward into the future. Mm-hmm. Problem is VR didn't take off. We talked about this last week. We did, yep. yeah. Um, and I think it's more. This is more of a symptom of the problem that VR is not taking off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think that um, you know years from now when we look at the VR experiment in the game industry, mm-hmm. whether or not it was a success or not, um, that's that's yet to be seen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we'll say from a pessimistic standpoint, this is, you know, uh, VR came and went, it was a fad, didn't work. Do you think Crytek could be an example of like, that's why it didn't work? No, I, I, I don't think that's the case. Crytek's problem was they're a tech company, not a games company. Mm. They're good at making tech. They make mm. exciting looking things. Mm. There was a point where the cry engine was the engine that's, you that's wanted a, to play on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But with Unreal becoming, their business model becoming much more affordable for low-end developers, mm. and Unity and all those ones coming out of the woodwork, the CryEngine, the fact that you can make grass look really pretty, but it costs you a fortune, they eventually have brought the CryEngine to a cheaper uh, plateau where mm. you can get into it free and then pay based on a similar method to the Unreal Engine. Mm. But it was known early on as this complex thing that was hard to optimize for. It made things look amazing, mm. but you had to put a lot of work to make it look like that. Yeah, And because it had that stigma, it was hard to kind of pe- get people to buy into it. Mm. And Crytek is not great at making games. Mm-hmm. They're great at making exciting-looking things, mm-hmm. but uh, Crisis was not a great game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked good. Mm. It was like, ooh, I'm a guy in a suit. I'm mm. robots and aliens. Mm-hmm. Neat. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to play three of that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, VR was one nail in their coffin, but the problem was they did a lot of missteps along the way, and we have to look at the full picture to really understand how that company went down. Mm -hmm. 
and also they way overexpanded. They had they didn't need to, like eight studios mm-hmm. for the things they were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall we move over to movie news? Yes, let's, yeah, let's jump into it. movie news. All right, so just a couple this week since uh, we're on a tighter schedule this week, um, and I have them here. All right, so first up, uh, yeah, do we have the directors for Captain Marvel? Okay, long last. Hey. Yeah. And it's uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They're uh, a couple. Okay. They're, they're uh, married, and they've directed. They did um, Half Nelson. The, oh, I remember that. Yeah, movie. yeah, it was just like the Ryan Gosling breakout movie when people started taking I him seriously. Love it. Yeah, but I can understand why people did. Yeah, I totally liked it. And they did another movie called Sugar that was about a uh, Cuban defective in the minor league baseball yeah, okay, system. Yeah. And then recently they did Mississippi Grind, uh, which was a gambling movie I with heard it was uh, good. I just Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's very good. Okay. Um, all their movies are very good. <clears throat> the thing is, I um, the last thing in the world I ever expected them to do was become was do a blockbuster. Yeah, it's the exact opposite yeah. of what they've done. They've all been very quiet, very small, uh, very but very interesting, yeah. uh, dra- intimate dramas. And I think it's just sort of uh, interesting. Uh, just shows again Marvel's commitment. You know, cynically, if you want to look at it money-wise or artistically, if they just want to try and give people a chance and yeah. see what they do of, of going out and finding people that have never even come close to blockbusters before yeah. and giving them the biggest movies on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm very intrigued. Um, their movies have definitely not been in the tone of Marvel, like at least with uh, Take with E.T. I was like, okay, well, I get that. He does sarcastic, <laughs> silly stuff. That'll fit right in. But this is a very bizarre choice, um, and I'm really, in- I'm really interested to see how it, uh, how it turns out. I'll be interested to see that too, because you, uh, you look at someone like Edgar Wright, who was working on a Marvel mm, property yeah, and had to leave because they were, there allegedly there were too many restrictions for yeah, him. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I, they're going to have to play ball, or maybe Marvel is more open now than they were before. To I mean, well, I mean, this would be a different scenario in that the Captain Marvel s- screenplay exists. Yeah. Okay. So when they were looking into directors, it was like, here's the script. What are you going to do with yeah. it? Versus with Edgar Wright, it was like, okay, yeah, Ant-Man, go do it. Yeah. And then they had to try and fold it into the universe, and they had their own demands, and that's when I mean, I mean, it got the messy. Is Marvel was fi- at the point of Ant-Man, Marvel was figuring out how to bring people talent on. Yeah. Board. Yeah. Now they have. They basically have. A assembly line. They fit the parts into place, yeah. and movies come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not love that concept mm. because I think it takes all love out of filmmaking. Mm. But that's because I'm still kind of a person that loves the French New Wave and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'm well aware that's not how films are made anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's at also that just, scale. It gets boring after a while. Yeah. Like I'm, I've been so disenfranchised by. But, but that being said. Uh, sorry. Go on. I think. Marvel is Marvel and Disney have found a way to make money mm. with movies that are done well. Mm. DC has not found a way to do that. Mm. Paramount has not found a way to do that. Mm. All these companies have not found a way. Disney found that special sauce. Mm. So I can't fault them for wanting to continue doing that special sauce that they've yeah. somehow made. Yes, you could. We could argue that it's unoriginal. It's not giving the creators as much freedom. Mm. But it works. Yeah. Makes the money every single time. Yeah. So I, I would not be want, want to be that executive that says, let's throw all this out the window and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. At least not until it starts failing for them. For sure. And, like, beyond the, like, commercial standpoint, yeah. I do, like, well, I, I do understand the criticism that 
you know, feels like we're just checking people on the slots with this. At the same time, I do like what they've accomplished by yeah. creating a single shared universe that's gone mm-hmm. on now for a decade. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they now have been making three to four movies a year, and yeah. the quality's been consistently high. I think it is like a relatively unparalleled. Um, I achievement. How, I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. It's, a, it's an unparalleled achievement, and it's changed the industry, and everyone's chasing them. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm in, I've, I have been impressed by what they do. Like, I do yeah. go in with this expecting a certain standard, not unlike mm-hmm. when I used to go buy Marvel Comics. I was like, okay, well, I know what I'm getting myself into here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm intrigued. I just like the voices they're hiring. These are two really interesting filmmakers who, like, yeah. they, they didn't work for, like, eight years. No. So they just couldn't get anything made, and now... To get to do this, so yeah. I think I think it works well. Yeah, and yeah. then also it's a good launching pad because, like you know, they'll it'll be much easier for them to be able to go in and get their next movie made, and saying like, "Yeah, we did Captain Marvel," yeah. versus we did those movies. I had to explain to you what they were <laughs> earlier. Right? I, I think this is an example of how Disney is doing all its properties. It's mm. the same way they're handling the Star Wars properties. Mm. It's the same way they handle Pixar. Mm. The same way they handle Disney Animation. Mm. They know what works. Mm. They know how to fit people in the right places. Mm. And they know how to let people have enough freedom to make the project they want to make, yeah. yet still keep it within, we know these 12 things will make money. Yeah, and the other thing that's important about the the success of those companies is that they are also independent companies exactly. run by artists yeah. who are in charge. And that goes a long, long way. It does. You know, like I mean, it goes, it's, it's different if it's... You know, Kathleen Kennedy making the call yeah, for yeah. Star Wars, or Kevin Feige with Marvel versus like whatever Disney executive has the is in charge yeah. of production that week. And so. I think that's really how we're seeing Disney really become a juggernaut in the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Where the early two thousands, they kind of faltered a lot. Mm, definitely. And for whatever reason, they managed to recover themselves. Mm. They bought all the nerdy things. They bought everything. Now yeah. everyone's old the, enough to pay for stuff. Yeah. I think they made proper investments early on in the 2000s. Like yeah. they made, they faltered about 90, 98, 99, yeah, Treasure yeah, yeah. Planet and Home on the Range. Yeah, yeah. And then mid 2000s, they started coming back. Yeah. And they got the right talent. They worked. They invested heavily in Pixar. They didn't yeah. buy Pixar right away. They mm-hmm. just invested in them. Yeah. But that was Steve Jobs when they first. Steve invested. Jobs started, and yeah. then it was Disney by the time Toy yeah. Story came around. Yeah. And they knew what they they knew how to invest. They knew where to invest. Mm. And say what you will about Disney. I'm not a huge fan of the Disney empire that it's mm. become, but they know how to make movies. Mm. And they've known how to make movies for the last 80 years. They have for a long time, but definitely the Pixar relationship yeah. was... Um, what pushed them to the next Well, it was at the beginning of this, yeah. which was that we'll hire companies in yeah. charge of creative and we'll just guide exactly. marketing, guide their focus and that sort of thing. So it, it's definitely working. Yeah. How long it will last will remains to see. Anyway, so that's that's who will be doing Captain Marvel. Awesome. It's a bizarre choice, um, but I'm in very intrigued. I'm happy to see it. I'm yeah. really happy to see that sort of thing. I'm very intrigued. They're great. They're a really talented filmmaking team and uh, unsung until now. All right. Uh, and next up, oh, yeah. So um, speaking of Disney and their wonderful creative decisions, we're going to go into the world of Guy Ritchie's Aladdin now. Okay. Um, that's happening. Yeah, he's making Aladdin. Guy, yeah. Ritchie, Guy Ritchie's doing Aladdin. Don't we don't have time for that because that's not even the big thing we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so don't give me that look. So yeah, Guy Ritchie's doing Aladdin. Accept it. So now sure. what coming out this week is is the person who's in the rumor to play the genie for oh, Aladdin. I've heard this. Yeah, yeah, and who and oh, you have. Oh yeah. So, Cody, who do you think they're getting to play uh, the genie? If you were to guess, you, th- you think he's someone funny, right? Yeah. Like the Robin Williams type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. No. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna get like. Will Smith is currently yeah. in discussion to play the genie. Will Smith is funny. <laughs> he is, but <laughs> he like, was. you know. And, yeah, and a while ago. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. 
he's now super serious and does a lot of brooding and yeah. I thought yeah, I thought it was yeah. gonna be a like lot of a sad movies about him like dealing with someone dying. Yeah. 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 And, and mm. Or movies with his kid. Yeah. Everyone. I think he's still got the chops. You're wrong, but yeah. okay. Maybe. I do like him, whether or not comedically, I don't know, and I especially don't know with the genie. <laughs> like, what are they going? Like, is he gonna rap? I mean, okay. You know what? I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> if the plan is for Will Smith to revive his rap career yes. with some sweet genie raps, mm-hmm. then I'm all for this. But if that's not the direction they're going, then I don't know what's going on. I want on. the genie to be funky fresh, mm-hmm. or I'm just not into it. Yeah, exactly. I want the funky bunch involved. I don't. They're not. Totally. There's nothing involved. With, I just want 80s rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff to play yeah. the lantern. Oh yeah. Yeah. He should be the lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I just want an all rap, mm-hmm. all '80s rap groups mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, if we can get like a roll for Vanilla Ice in mm-hmm. there, Marky Mark, I want him in there, mm-hmm. possibly wearing low, low cut pants. Definitely you MC know? Marky Mark might be a little more expensive than Vanilla Ice. They can afford anything. That's true. So anyway, um, that's not official, but it pretty much is. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, they, that'll put butts in seats. I'm gonna throw it, it will. Out there. I'll give it that. Again, back to our original point, mm. Disney knows what they're doing because that uh, Beauty and the Beast movie made more money than God. Yeah, made a billion. I really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's stupid mm. because I was not a fan of the original movie. Well, I wasn't oh, really? a kid. Yeah. I just, looking back, I'm like, this movie's weird. Mm. Belle's kind of a horrible person. The mm. Beast is kind of a horrible No one's good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of rooting for Gaston a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait. They have a gay guy now, so everything's okay. <laughs> no, because apparently he was very stereotypical, and all they did was share a dance once, and he's like, oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah, no, I was I was being very, okay. yeah, very, yeah. very, very okay. sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin starring yeah. Will Smith. Sure. Something to look forward to. And speaking of weird choices, so also, um, they're, uh, t- I forget which studio is doing this. I should have written down. Anyway, whoever owns Labyrinth has decided to do a uh, Labyrinth spin-off film, trying to launch a Labyrinth universe of films. Why? Um, never mind. Uh, <laughs> mostly because I have no idea. <laughs> um, and uh, you never, so, and the person they've hired to direct the first Labyrinth spin-off film is Betty Alvarez, who made Don't Breathe and the Evil Dead remake. Okay. Yeah. Now, if their vision for Labyrinth is along the lines of Don't Breathe or the Evil Dead remake, I will definitely see that because that's insane. Okay. But yeah. I doubt it is, and I just think that's such a weird choice. I mean, I get that he's made money, but really? You're going to go to that guy? Yeah. The turkey baster guy? <laughs> going to go to him to do Labyrinth? Um, and I'm just doing Labyrinth in general. Like, I certainly understand the nostalgia for Labyrinth, and I enjoy Labyrinth, yeah. but like, like David Bowie's gone. So what, what are we doing yeah, here? Jim Henson's gone. Like, what's there's nothing left. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's I've said no the reason. same. I've yeah. said the same thing about the Dark Crystal that mm. they want to keep making a sequel for that thing. Mm. Don't like uh-huh. these were great properties because of the talent involved. Yeah, and for their time yes. as well. I don't want another Dark Crystal. I don't want another Labyrinth. If mm. David Bowie, if David Bowie is still alive mm-hmm. and he's involved as an aging uh, mm-hmm. Doblin King now mm-hmm. with his like kingdom crumbling, yeah. that would have been a neat movie. For sure, married to Jennifer yeah. Connelly. Yeah, I go not? for that. Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to see a bunch of... Pu- I, like, I like the Muppets. Yeah. I don't need another Labyrinth. An old Jennifer Connelly, like, where's the... Oh, well, he could vanish for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Mm. I'll I just, also say we don't need another Muppets movie. Yeah. I <laughs> like the Muppets, 
but you're probably right. <laughs> we're not going to get one. That Muppets Most Wanted made no money. Thank God. <laughs> we're not going to do another one. Thank God. I don't know. I loved both it those. It was not Muppet. good. I loved both those. I really did. Really? With Danny Trejo and the I, Russian I Gulag? didn't like it. I Come tried. On. You like the first You like the first. There's no Muppets Treasure Island. We'll yeah. say that. You like the, the Jason Siegel one, though, right? Which one was that? The first That's one. the one before it. When did that come out? Was a good uh, chance. I don't know, like 2010, 2011. Yeah. I would ago. have been in high school. I was too cool for that. Okay, that was five enough. years ago. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. Seven There's years ago. 2010. Was it? it was 2010. No, it had to been after 2010. I don't know. I can't remember. Let me check. I think maybe 2012. Yeah, I can see 2012. If it was 2012, then I was in college and broke. Yeah. Fair you enough. can still see movies. Come on now. With the Muppets. The Muppets are amazing. Yeah. The Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets are awesome. But you saw Muppets Most Wanted? Were I you did. worried about continuity? No. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Well, I mean, as much as I'm sure the viewers are dying to find out, <laughs> uh, the listeners are dying to find out when the Muppets reboot was released, I think we should probably take a break. Probably. Let's do it. Thank our friends over at Comic Bento. Mm hmm. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait. Five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. And we are back. Thank you, Comic Bento. We just got our latest Comic Bento inside, and I saw some good comics in there. I can't remember what they are now, but I remember there's one I asked to bring up. Yeah, Death of X. I want to read that. I'm excited. You know, I've gotten some really good... There's going to be... I don't want to go too often, but... uh, I've gotten some pretty good ones. You did. You got Days of Future Past. I got Days of Future Past. Yeah. I have Old Man Logan as well. Oh, did Old Man Logan? Yep. The original yeah. one came through that? Yeah. Ooh, you were so lucky <laughs> I wasn't there that day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Mine? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I recommend it. And if you guys like the commercial no, honestly, says. Someone that likes comics or likes graphic novels, the price is very fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, like, you don't need to use our promo code. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's 20 bucks, and you get for graphic novels and it exposes you to graphic novels you might normally not see. Yeah. Exactly. To, to just to like to state how this isn't about the commercial or anything. I was talking to Brendan about yeah. Comic Bento before we we got an ad with mm-hmm. them. I was yeah, I was telling him how I wanted to get one. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, if you're into continuity, might not be the best thing ever because it's a random assortment of yeah, comics every month. Like mm-hmm. but, issue 3. But mm-hmm. you know what though? It's a good way to get your foot in the door for a series you might not read otherwise. So yeah, totally. I mean, uh, even if you want to subscribe for a few months, just go for it. Yeah, try it's it out. It's actually not a bad deal. I mean, like in the span of like six months, I've gotten like three X Men comics. Yeah. Um, I got a Doctor Strange comic too. Like these are just I just pick them out of piles and stuff. We got a Rick and Morty one in there a little while back. Nice. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Anyway, um, I haven't been playing anything, yeah. but I know Phil, you got to get your hands on a game. I was looking forward to. I sure did. Um, so I got my hands on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Ooh, Switch. Oh yeah, it was super exciting. It was also super exciting. It was my first time to really have hands on with the Switch. It's um, a fun console. One yet. And uh, yeah, I'm really converted uh, yeah. from it for sure. Yeah. Um, I was just amazed how, like, um, 
because <clears throat> I was playing. I played it at my place, and it didn't do this. But when I played it on a smart TV, um, when you plug the switch in the console, it turns the TV on. Automatically okay. Yeah. And goes oh, straight cool. Into the, yeah. Crazy. It's, well, here's the thing. Like, here's the problem yeah. I had <laughs> with the switch. Yeah. I have a smart TV. Yeah. I have an LG 4K smart yeah, TV. Yeah. If it's plugged in all the time. Yeah. The switch has this weird cycle. Where it'll kind of just do something every once in a while. Yeah. By doing that, the TV kept thinking it was turning on oh, and yeah. trying to switch over to it. <laughs> oh, that's so, <laughs> so funny. So I'd be on my PS4, and it's like, hey, do you want to switch to input 2? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then it'd be like another half hour later, do you want to switch to input 2? So, <laughs> funny. so funny. So I just thought I had to unplug it from the HDMI yeah. just so it would stop doing that's that. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, so anyway, love the system. But Mario Kart 8 specifically, um, I really uh, love the hell out of. I really did. Um, so I had played it. I, I reviewed it for the Wii U when it came out. Yes. But not being a Wii U owner, I hadn't really played it since then. So I was in a unique position with that where I was so excited because I hadn't played any of the DLC tracks yet. I didn't know there were F-Zero tracks. Oh, really? That was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, they're F-Zero tracks and they like are incredible and high speed and like feel like F-Zero. Wow. Yeah, so I... Oh, God, so exciting. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, the big uh, I oh um, I guess first off, since the yeah people yeah. are worried about frame rates, I didn't I was notice. Literally, just yeah, ask I that, didn't yeah. notice any any problems with that whatsoever. I did split screen. Now I will say I when I did online, there was only a two hour window where we could do it. I couldn't do the first hour. When okay. I got on the second hour, um, I was able to set up three, yeah. and they were only three people matches, not twelve. And it played great, yeah. but, you know, it wasn't really an appropriate sample size to be able That's to be fair. sure. But um, from what I saw, it, yeah. Yeah, it went smoothly. You know what, though? Even I got my hands on it at the Nintendo event we went to, yeah. and I got to play on a larger multiplayer setting, and it, there wasn't really any issue either. Awesome. But also, I thought it was like confined space, so you never know. Yeah, totally, totally. And it was a controlled environment and everything. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I was just I did a little bit com- bit of a comparison. Yeah. Do you remember what you scored the original Mario Kart Eight? Uh, I gave it a nine. Yeah. And I gave this one a nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I did check that. Yeah. <laughs> I did check that. Um. So. So yeah, I found that was good. The the new battle mode. Yeah. Um, that fixed all the problems. They're now like uh battle arenas where there's that's really not too much space where there's yeah just the right amount of yeah. space for it, which was fantastic. Did you notice if there were any like throwback levels? Oh yeah. Yeah. In the uh, battle arenas, yeah. there were three. Oh really? Yeah. Um, okay. I don't remember specifically what those are not right now. One of them was uh, a ghost house one from the GameCube. Okay. Um, that's what GCN means, right? GCN. Yeah, because I, I, I would had so. the se- they had the symbols and there's like I don't know what you see. That was the only one I didn't recognize. GameCube G C M. Yeah. So M or sure. N? N maybe either N or N. I don't know. Well, I mean GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably either GameCube or their arcade versions, right? Okay, yeah. So it could be one of those. Who knows? Anyway, well, there are arcade versions. There are really weird. Oh yeah, yeah no, probably. it's GCN. Yeah, that is uh, GameCube. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you go. It's from the GameCube version. So anywho, um, yeah, I found that worked really well. They also had like different battle options that okay. I didn't remember from the Weavers and everything. There was one where uh, uh, there's like a team space where uh, half oh. the half the players have piranha plants and the mm. other half are being chased and if you get eaten by a piranha plant you get put in a prison like king's court okay. and then cool. if you can let the other players out of the prison and then at the end of the match it's like whoever the most people that are out that's or the most really people neat, are in actually. it was a really fun idea um there's one that's just all bombs which is exactly what you expect but you can hold <laughs> up to 11 bombs and that's great and uh then there was like one that was kind of like a capture the flag um situation where it was the winner was the person that held on to the flag the longest and then the coin uh, grab one we should have the coin grab one is always my favorite yep they introduced that in the ds one right 
I believe so. Yeah. 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 yeah I believe so. That was yeah. great. So they were all in there. One. Loved them. They all worked really well. The other thing that they that was new to this version that really helps for Battle Mode is now you can have uh, two items at a time. Ooh. Um, okay. Which is fantastic. Um, the only pro- the only thing that I was surprised by with that is that uh, you can you get two items, but yeah. you can only use them in the initial order that you're given. Um, I can understand that, that would maybe be confusing to implement the controls on how to alternate, yeah. but I was surprised that wasn't there. Um, they brought back the ghost. So you can do that stealing item, go invisible thing again. <laughs> they also brought back... Was that al- not in the last one? No. Wow, okay. Weird, right? Yeah. And then they also brought back the feather from Super Nintendo. Sure, which, like, was okay. Was Well, I was confused by that because uh, you can jump now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and also, it doesn't have that weird perspective anymore where you could jump over walls. Yeah. Like the, so basically, all that was really useful for was battle because you could jump yeah, over yeah. people or shells. Um, but hey, it was fun to have it back. Yeah. Um, and they added uh, a handful of new characters, um, the two Inklings from mm-hmm. uh, Splatoon, who were adorable, and uh, Bowser Jr., and uh, some uh, dog princess from Animal Crossing or something. Okay. Sure. But it, hey, it was cute. King Boo as well was another one, I yeah, think. King yeah, King Boo. That's right. King Boo was in there. And then um, and then other vehicles, yeah. um, which like I, like I played it all weekend and must have unlocked at least like 20 vehicles wow. but I have not unlocked everything well, okay. um, so there's a ton of stuff in there um, and then yeah all the DLC stuff everything. so like well absolutely yes I could see how you'd be, if like yeah. you had the Wii U and you got all the DLC everything you might be disappointed I mean for the most part the Switch they're marketing this to people that didn't buy the Wii U Correct. Yeah. so if you hadn't played it before what you're looking at is a uh, Mario Kart game with uh, like 42 tracks yeah, and like tracks. Th- over 30 characters yeah. And uh, and on and battle a uh, proper battle mode and like and it's how, amazing. How were the visuals, by the way? Oh, fantastic! Okay. I mean, like I, I, I really like the aesthetic of the cartoony Mario Nintendo verse. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, like it doesn't you don't you don't need that much horsepower to make that happen, right? Like it's supposed to look cartoony. It's supposed yeah, to look that's that's kind of the what makes Nintendo's games almost ageless is that regardless of what generation you jump into. They yeah. still, they they hold up because there's nothing that can really date them, unless you play like on totally. the N64 and it's like poly- polygonal. But for sure, so I found it looked beautiful. Yep, and uh, and then and, and it held up when like you were doing 200 CC races yeah. in F Zero when you're going insanely fast. I didn't notice any issues with that. That's awesome. So um yeah, I found it fantastic. Like I think especially if you have a Wii, if mm-hmm. you got a Switch and skip the Wii U, like, this is incredible, and you should awesome. definitely get it. And even if you haven't, I mean, like, it's Mario Kart, it's great. I also found that it uh, worked really well. Um, well, obviously, like, if you just use the yeah. Joy-Con as a controller, it has its yeah. issues because yeah. it's so small. I found it, the control worked really well for okay. that. Um, and so that it's a great one to sort of show off the portable pl- multiplayer play that they're trying to yeah. make an option with the Switch. I felt, yeah, that worked really well with this one. Um, so it's a great one to, like, bring over to show to people. Because, you know, as great as Zelda was, you can't ever be like, hey, check out Zelda. Yeah. Sit there for five hours. That was exactly what yeah. I, my brother, uh, when I got the Switch, mm. um, I think it was actually while I was reviewing it, he yeah. came over and he was like, I got to see it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, here you go, playing Zelda. And he, like, picked it up for, like, five minutes. I was like, this has to be something I have to, like, dedicate a day to. I can't just... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think I think this is probably perfect for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, by virtue of the fact that they fixed um, they, they fixed battle yeah. mode, it's definitely improved. I gave it the same score simply because it is ultimately important. I think it's worth mm. keeping that in mind. That's fair. But I do feel that, like, relative to what it was like when I played the Wii U at launch yeah. 
for the re, the, re, the Mario Kart 8 Wii launch versus this one. Like, this is undoubtedly a better game. Than mm-hmm. I think it also goes to show, because a lot of it was, um, they just packed in, like, DLC and things like that. It goes yeah. to show, like, Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for how much they support their stuff online. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Splatoon did the same thing. Um, and before we wrap up, did you have anything more you wanted to say about um, that? the movie? Yeah, I didn't do movies. Oh, okay. But before we go to that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. I thought, I, I'm sorry. There's no um, problem. But before we go into that, mm-hmm. GCN... Mm-hmm. Uh, just going on a, a Reddit forum right yeah, now. Yeah. Most people are saying they believe it stands for GameCube Nintendo. GCN was the official Nintendo abbreviation for GameCube. Oh, okay. So there you go. That makes sense. More you know. I assume that's what it was. Yeah. I just didn't care enough yeah, to check. That's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was great. So yeah, movie. All right. So this week's movie that I reviewed was Free Fire, which is the latest movie by Ben Wheatley, mm-hmm. who's one of my favorite filmmakers. What's he, he done? Uh, he did Kill List. He did oh, okay. Sightseers. Okay. He did uh, High Rise last year. You oh, talked um, about this is, months ago. Totally. At this TIFF, is a, and TIFF I'm so excited Madness, to hear. I love it. Now. So yeah, no, he. So he's like a really talented guy. He sort of like walks. He makes genre movies, but mm. for art houses. Um, and the last couple movies he made, he was getting particularly esoteric, and okay. I liked them, but I was worried that he was going down kind of pretentious uh, a little bit of pretentious route and might disappear up his own uh bunghole, <laughs> as the children say but free fire definitely put uh, all that at ease this awesome. is a pure entertainment wild ride it's set in the 70s it's about a group uh two ira um mm-hmm. soldiers uh, come over to boston one of whom's played by cillian murphy the other one played by michael smiley is it killian murphy uh cillian i believe it's killian i've heard both is, the, is he's the um from 28 days later yeah yeah is it Killian? I thought it was Killian. I thought it was Cillian. Whatever. I've heard people, I've heard people say it both ways. Tomato, tomato. He's a good actor. Mm, he's awesome. Um, but, but anyway, uh, so yeah, he plays an IRA agent who's come over to Boston and through the help of a businesswoman played by Brie Larson and a uh, wise wise cracking scumbag uh a a well-dressed wise cracking scumbag (laughs) played by army hammer well that's the way you do it exactly they um arrange a deal with a south african arms dealer played by shalto copley from Mm -hmm. district nine um to i was trying to figure out where i saw that guy from that's him um to uh pick up some guns and then there are also both teams have brought their own uh local Boston thug heavies to the party. Uh, they get there. It turns out two of the thugs were on opposing sides, uh, had a fight, had some beef from the night before, so they're not thrilled with each other. Then it turns out that the guns that were brought were not the guns that were agreed upon. So all of a sudden you have all these people with tempers flaring in a isolated uh, warehouse in the middle of nowhere and a whole lot of firearms with which to solve their problems. Right. And then things get really messy from there. Of and course. it basically is one big, long, protracted shootout and Mexican standoff from that point on. Okay. Um, does a really, really good job of maintaining tension. It's also absolutely hilarious. It's the kind of movie that, like, I feel as recently as 10, 10 years, even, like, a decade ago, probably would have been dismissed as being, like, Tarantino-esque. Mm. But because there haven't been a lot of wise-cracking gangster movies in a while, that kind of goes away. Also, Ben Wheatley definitely has his own voice, and people aren't talking mm. about the Bee Gees or whatever. Um, the, uh, it starts off very elegantly structured, but as soon as the violence starts, things get yeah. messy. Um, every, it's always very fun, but it's the type of violence where it's not so much like John Woo choreography as it is, like, someone, uh, you know, a bullet, uh, someone fires the gun wrong and the gun goes off and burns their hand and little things like like the type of pain that you can really identify with Mm. so it can feel very visceral even though being very small it's very messy a lot of everyone get you know gets shot eight times and they feel it and they're in pain but they still got shot eight times and they're okay so it runs a fine line between sort of being credible and being very silly okay um is it kind of like a level of lock stock level silly totally but not but like just a level below that that's slightly more credible than that that, but it is along those lines there is some cartoonish stuff to it i mean shalto co plays in it yeah 
he plays very big. Um, but I thought everyone was hilarious. Um, I thought it's incredibly tense, and it's just for what this movie's trying to be, which is just a very tight uh, crime, com- bloody crime comedy, relentless, uh, relentlessly action packed, and you know, goofy and funny with eccentric characters. Did about as as well as it could have gone, yeah. and uh, it's a friggin' blast, mm-hmm. and I can't recommend it enough. And I hope it does well because I think Ben Wheatley has been incredibly talented for incredibly yeah. long, but all stuff has been deliberately uh, very harsh and right. done to play on the film festival market. Mm. This one is kind of done for crossover appeal, and Do I think this one for the fans. Yeah, and I think yeah, <laughs> and I think like even if it isn't a hit, mm. it it would be hard for an executive who will see this because Brie Larson's yeah. in her whenever not to recognize his what talent. Brie Larson? Uh, she's the one that's, that was in Room and is going to be Captain Marvel. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, question. If I want to go see a movie this weekend, would I be able to see this? Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm not quite sure how wide the release is. Okay. I, I think it's pretty wide. I've seen it marketed pretty well. I should have checked that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm almost because this isn't a big – like the, the major Hollywood release this week is Unforgettable, the Catherine yeah. Heigl – uh, Rosario Dawson's Yay. steamy, sexy thriller, which I saw last night and is unbelievably horrible, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be fairly wide release. It'll slowly, yeah. slowly roll. I mean, it's an action movie. Yeah. They're, they're hoping for that. Um, the other one I want to talk about very, very briefly is Rump. Colossal. I've heard this is good. It is quite good. So it is um, a movie uh, starring Anne Hathaway, but don't hold that against it. And I bet, uh, why? Okay, people keep saying that. What is wrong with Anne Hathaway? I've never seen her in a movie that I hated. Um, I've seen some stuff that I've hated. Okay, have you? most okay. definitely. Um, I think more than anything else, Anne Hathaway is just um, she's someone that that it, it's clear that she tries very hard and she wants people to like her, and sometimes that enthusiasm can be taken the wrong way. Plus, she did that Oscars that was incredibly obnoxious. Um, um, fair enough. That yeah. Was bad. yeah, yeah. What did she say in the Oscars? She hosted the Oscars one uh, year with James well, Franco. Yeah, that was. Awkward Oscars. It was so horrible. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. also you're with James Franco. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> and she made, and she yeah. made a lot of horrible romantic comedies and just became a cultural pro- hey. punching bag. Devil Wears Prada, fantastic movie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. That one's fine. Um, that, um, yeah, there were a lot of other ones in between that weren't so great. Um, but um, I've always think she was great. I think she's incredible in Rachel Getting Married, which is a really underrated film. Oh, yeah, that is Yeah, good. it's a really good one. Um, and which leads us into Colossal quite well because she plays a similar character. She okay. plays uh, in meaning that she plays an alcoholic. And, uh, yeah, she plays an alcoholic blogger in Manhattan whose boyfriend has had enough, kicks her out, and so she has to go back to her hometown and moves into the empty house where her parents once lived. And while she's there, she runs into Jason Sudeikis, Mm. who is, like, an old – she can barely remember their relationship, but Mm. he clearly valued her a lot and followed her and, like, followed her career from then. So uh, they meet up and hang out. turns out he owns a bar, which is good news for her, and then she gets a job. But bad news in that they serve booze in bars and she's trying to quit drinking. Yeah, that's, that's and right. one night they're stumbling home from work and she walks through her old uh, childhood playground and kind of stumbles around a bit. Then walks home, passes out, wakes up the next day, finds out there was a giant monster uh, that, <laughs> attacked, that walked through Seoul in South Korea, caused a bunch of damage. And she looks at the movements and they look like identical to what she was doing the day before at the same time. So the next day she goes back and just stands in a single place and does some movements. And sure enough, the monster appears again. And she realizes that every time she's drunk at 8.05 yeah. a.m. in this one area, a giant monsters appear. So that's a basic setup. That sounds amazing. It's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah it's a strange. It sounds one. like it could be interesting. Well, it is really interesting. Yeah. And what I like, it's like what I like about it is it's obviously a combination of a lot of different uh, genres and tones. Uh, it's directed by uh, Nacho Vigilando, who vi- vi- 
Vigilando, yeah, sorry. Nacho Vigilando, who did Time Crimes. Okay. Um, which was a really good uh, time travel thriller from a few years ago. Um, and uh, what, what I really like about it is, like, it, like, it is a very weird and interesting idea. But yeah. at the same time, when you hear the concept that I just laid out, that it's Anne Hathaway plays a, an alcoholic who every time she gets drunk, you see a monster. That creates certain expectations of, like, yeah. the monster representing her alcoholism. She has to go for, make the monster go away. And that's not actually not what the movie's about. It seems like that's what it's going to be about. But it's about something very different. And I don't want to get into what it's about because it is such a nice surprise. Okay. And, like, Anne Hathaway I do think is great. Um, it's a very similar role to Rachel Getting Married. And she's very good at playing someone yeah. who's out of control trying to better yeah. themselves. Who's really interesting in it is in Jason Sudeikis. And it's kind of hard to explain why without going any further. But what his character is is, like, he starts out – he's cast very deliberately. Because when you first see him, you're like, oh, yeah, it's Jason Sudeikis. Right, and he's right. doing Jason Sudeikis things. But his character is going in a very different place. And that actually – is ultimately what it's about and it's actually about something very timely and something very interesting and it's and while it is a movie with giant monsters in it and there's some great effects and great moments it actually is a very intimate character movie and it's not a romance and it's about a very real social problem and it's a really fascinating way Mm -hmm. they got around to to explaining this and exploring it and in, in a way that i think will appeal to an audience that wouldn't ever see a movie about this subject. It sounds like it's a movie worth seeing. It really is, yeah. It's like, yeah, if you want to see a giant monster movie slash... uh, Interpersonal drama. Yeah, slash slash painful interpersonal drama, (laughs) slash slapstick comedy, slash awkward metaphor, slash (laughs) uh, dramatic Jason Sudeikis performance, slash good Anne Hathaway performance... This is really your only option, <laughs> so you're going to want to track this down. But okay. I do think it's a very creative, very interesting little movie, and I've got a feeling that when the end of the year rolls around, it's going to end up being one of the more memorable Strange Little Oddball things that came out. And, yeah, it's one that I like so much and what that it ultimately became about that I don't want to really get into it. Okay. And it's not that it's not flawed. It is pretty heavy-handed. Of course it is. They're using like Godzilla monsters yeah. as interpersonal metaphors. <laughs> but... Like I said, I think it is actually getting something quite interesting. That's awesome. And it's an original movie on a number of levels, and I hope you check it out. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. And before we go, I'll just uh, share this little tidbit with everyone. Apparently, if you Google Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. you'll find out its initial release was on June 29, 2006, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> you like, why not? So do with that information as you will. I'm Intriguing. doing nothing with it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> for more content like this, don't forget to check out cgmagonline.com where you can check out Phil's review of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch yep. and Free Fire, Free Fire mm-hmm. which I'm really excited to see. Oh, that movie so looks... Good. I love the aesthetic it's of that so movie. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can check out my top 10 games we want to see on the possible SNES Classic. It, happens. it might never mm. happen. It might not happen, but if not, these are mm. top 10 SNES games that yeah. aren't they're not even the top 10 yeah. SNES games. So this mm-hmm. SNES games that I like that mm-hmm. I made a list about. Um, and totally fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's tons of content up there. I can't list it all right now. But uh, don't forget to like us on or follow us. Subscribe on YouTube. That's what I'm trying to do. There you go. Uh, at CG Mag Online, you can follow us on Facebook. Just go and click that like at facebook.com slash magazine. And you can follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore Orm. That's C-O-D-Y underscore O-R-M-E. Follow Phil. At that Phil Brown. And follow Brandon. Uh, Bfry26 on the Twitter. Yeah, we tweet sometimes. Mm-hmm. I tweet, I think, a few times You a tweet a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to I'm tweet really a lot cold. again. Like, <laughs> in terms of people that tweet, I tweet almost non-existently. Phil mm-hmm. Compared tweet. to Phil. Cody over here, mm. I probably tweet like 20 times as many times. Hey, hey, I am 
doing better. Yeah, mm-hmm. you I've do been maybe I've one been tweeting more. No, no, no. I've been doing about three a day now. <laughs> right. I've been up to three a day this All week. Right. We'll Pretty see what sweet. happens. Yeah, Phil does once a day, and it's always gold. It's, it's always like this Thank you. geniusly crafted gem. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, you should follow us all because we also share the stuff we do on yep. Twitter, so mm-hmm. it would help us out a lot. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll check you out next week. All right. Spit.